0: And I don't think the Bears are finished by any stretch of the imagination. There's still a number of quality free agents out there. But as it stands right now, after the initial wave of players were picked up and big names were signed and everything like that, it looks like the Bears have done a pretty good job. Now, a lot of people will complain that not enough attention to detail was given to the offensive and defensive line. But if you're asking me, If you're Ryan Poles, you're going to want to build that through the draft. And you look at the teams that him and Ian Cunningham came in from, a lot of those teams were built through the draft. And where you build continuity on the offensive and defensive line is building through the draft and just having guys that you know are going to be there for a number of years, which is what they're looking to do. So I'm not even going to sweat that we have not addressed the offensive line position so far, and there's still time to go. Uh, we did make a signing though we did bring in that guard uh, that guard look at me being so dismissive but in any event i think there's a lot of cool stuff happening with the chicago bears and i can't wait to talk about it so sammy let's start the show turn, turn up, your volume. up your volume because you're about to listen to the sick, sick, podcast. sick podcast with adam ray trying to cut it back justin fields making magic happen there the stickets Chicago Bears and fantasy football podcast brought to you by underdog fantasy for entertainment like no other it's gonna be sick it's Tuesday night you know what that means and it it's time for take it to the rank and we have got a great show lined up for you tonight we're going to be talking about the Bears free agency a couple of big names dropped mock drafts. Here on Tuesday morning, so we're going to dive into that. And of course, joining us right now, Fox Sports. It is Carmen Vitali,
1: and how are you? First of all, Carmen, how are you? Uh, I'm fantastic. I keep wanting to bring this up, and I just like forget it by the time you do that third, th- not even thirty second intro. Yeah. But do you know who who calls that call at the beginning of our show? In the, I like the Justin Fields call. Do you know? Is that not that our? Up? Is that not our guy Joniak? No.
0: Who is it? Is it it's another
1: Adam. Oh, it's Adam Hodge. Adam Amin. Adam Amin. That's right. That and every time I hear it, he's a good friend of mine. And I, every time yeah. I hear it, I like want to bring up that it's Adam Amin with the, that call, just because I think that he is one of the best play-by-play guys, especially younger guys uh, in, in in the NFL. But he happens. He work, does too.
0: He does a really nice job, and uh, I really appreciate him. And I know he's the preseason guy
1: for the Chicago Bears as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, right. He does that, and he's the uh, play-by-play announcer for the Chicago Bulls.
0: Yes. and he
1: does MLB on Fox, and he called a couple college games this year. He's uh, he's everywhere, but he does a really great job. And that call is Adam me.
0: Very nice. All right. Well, I'm glad you clarified because I'm always like scrambling to find something, and I just assume it's Joniak, our friend Jeff Joniak who has joined the show on multiple occasions, who also does a very nice job. I think that uh, Chicago, one of the good things about being fans of teams in Los Angeles, Chicago, is that you end up with great announcers. The angels somehow don't No, That's not Mark. Goob is is the goat, but uh, they, although we have a new play by play guy. I liked Patrick. I know. Listen, Patrick O'Neill last year, we did really good. Uh, I, I changed my mind. We do great with the angels. They just move them around a lot. Two, I was still upset that Darren Sutton was removed. But listen, we're talking Chicago Bears right now. Yeah. And uh what do you think? Now, since the last time we talked, the Bears brought in Bob Tunyon, Dante Foreman. Like these small, these small little moves, but I think they're significant. What did you make of those uh those
1: offensive tweaks for the Bears? I loved them because not every move can be a number one wide receiver. We get so caught up in this. We get so caught up in the first round of the draft. You get so caught up in the first day of free agency, yada, yada, yada. But these are equally as important. Yes, they're smaller signings, but the Bears needed more depth in that tight end room. Bobby Tunyon coming off the ACL last year took a little while to get going with the Packers, but he was one of Aaron Rodgers' most trusted targets. And getting Deontay Foreman, I was actually just talking to the Bears running back's coach today. And was talking to him just about the whole philosophy of running back by committee type thing and how you're seeing that out of pretty much every team these days, save for maybe the top seven or eight guys If you have one of those dudes then you give him the bulk of the work. But what these guys are doing is they're setting themselves up to have a really good rotation. And that's great. That's wonderful. That's crucial. So I, again, I think it's great.
0: Dante Foreman last season had five games where he tapped over 100 rushing yards. The Bears had five such games. Three of them were Justin Fields. One of them, David Montgomery. One of them, Khalil Herbert. I know one of my coworkers at the NFL Network, Laquan Jones, loves Khalil Herbert. And we had the, uh, we did, uh, we returned the NFL fantasy return for one day on Monday night. And Laquan was like, hey, you guys going to be hyping up. Khalil Herbert and I'm like, uh, I don't know, but it's it's one of those things that we've seen this a lot. And with the movement, just if we look at the NFC North right now, now, obviously David Montgomery goes to the Detroit Lions. That's a that's a that hurts, and it's going to be very disappointing to see him in Honolulu blue. We still root for him as a human being. Two de- two times a year, I will be hoping that he does not do well, does not get into the end zone or anything like that. But you look at the approach the Detroit Lions took. They're gonna go with him and DeAndre Swift, which is great. And I think that's a pretty good move. I think DeAndre Swift factors in as their pass catching guy. Uh, David can catch the football, but it really wasn't his strength or
1: strong suit. But I he think he a lot could go with more in the- than Jamal Williams. Did a yeah. lot more than Jamal Williams. Yeah. So I, was yeah, just, yeah. I was just looking over their stats today. I was comparing and contrasting because I wrote an article for foxsports.com about the Lions and how they're already acting like contenders and they should not. I just they're not that, a dark horse anymore. Yeah, you just
0: I just saw that on Twitter.
1: Yeah, not, they're not dark horse anymore. It, I will retweet it. It was a short-lived it. sentiment, but the difference between um, you know having letting Jamal Williams walk, yeah, he scored 17 rushing touchdowns for you, but that's he was just a ground guy. Dave Montgomery yeah. can give you a little bit more versatility. You can play off of both him and DeAndre Swift in that offense. I think that kind of shows you where their priorities lie as well. And Dave Montgomery is younger, so there's you kind of traded for a younger, more versatile guy. And I think that it's going to be very interesting to see what comes out of Detroit this year, but yeah, the, the interdivision pickups, intra division pickups. Yeah. I, it's wild. I mean, we just talked about it, Bobby Tunyon, like yeah. yeah, that's the Packers and you have, you have a bunch of guys that have moved all over. I don't even think I can name them all off the top of my head because there were so many,
0: there was a lot of them. And, and the thing with Tunyon who I've already like, I'm glad that we're such close friends, but I always like to call him Bobby Tunyon. I felt it was pretty obvious. You know, once I, I kind of thought about Gesicki. You think about Dalton Schultz, but of course, Luke Getze being the former quarterbacks coach of the green Bay Packers, it made too much sense sense. for Tunyon to come over. And again, they're just surrounding. They're surrounding Justin Fields with a, with a lot of guys, a lot of options, a lot of those fun. Like I know it's, It's enjoyable to watch a Tyreek Hill type of player go out there and put up 1,500 yards. But it's also fun when you just see guys like, oh, yeah, this guy's on the team and he just got a touchdown. Bob Tunyon somehow has eight touchdowns this season or somebody like that. And so I think we're going to get a lot of that with the Chicago Bears, although I do think that DJ Moore projects as a legitimate number one wide receiver. And I guess this would be a pretty good time to mention that there will be a Friday edition of the Sick Podcast This week, Matt Harmon of of Yahoo Sports is going to be joining us. I love Matt. Oh, I love Matt Harmon. We love Matt Harmon. Uh, He is the proprietor of the Reception Perception, and we're going to be talking about DJ Moore. Over the last couple of years, now the Reception Perception has been something that I've used as a fantasy football tool, but it is so much more. It is an opportunity to really break down the wide receiver position. It's not just for fantasy dorks. It's for everybody who enjoys football and wants to know a little bit more (laughs) About the position. And one of the guys that Matt has always loved, and I've been on board with since day one, has been DJ Moore. So when he was because we were texting when DJ Moore got traded to the Chicago Bears, I'm like, dude, our guy's going to Chicago. And he's like, I'm happy for you and everything. So uh, it's going to be very fascinating. So it'll be a pretty cool conversation to go in and break that down. So I love the way that the team is uh, starting to set up and some of the moves i'm looking over the moves right now pj walker i thought was kind of an interesting move like a great like why not have like a backup
1: quarterback who plays like your quarterback you know i think that's an underrated imagine that concept a guy that can operate your offense as it currently stands and everybody around him doesn't have to play different
0: yeah. You're it's like, it, it doesn't have to switch. To Justin. That was, yeah. you know, it's, it's funny. And I know this is, I, nobody wants to hear about my high school stories or anything like that, but one of the reasons why I was not allowed to play quarterback outside of not being very good, but <laughs> because I'm left-handed and you're like, well, the, the offense changes too much. If you go from the righty, my, you know, Mark McCall to rank, it's not going to work. Cause you go righty to lefty, you have to be exceptional. Now, if you're Matt Leinart, uh, yeah, you you can come play quarterback as a lefty. There's no – you do what you do. But you had to be out here in Southern California to see Matt Leinart play high school football. You would understand the top program in the nation's like, okay, yeah, we'll allow a lefty quarterback. Uh, My high school, even even though we weren't great, they're like, no, right, don't do that. So it's cool to see P.J. Walker come in and, and play the same position. And by the way, I didn't mean to besmirch Nate Davis earlier. Um, that was. There's a lot of names floating around. We're starting to get active. We're trying to. You you have the name now, which is good.
1: That, that's that's yeah, progress.
0: I got it. I got, I got <laughs> it. I it took me a second, but I got. I got it. I got it. I got it. So I want to talk though, because the offensive line. A lot of people will be. You know, this is. There's always something new. Like that's the one thing with people, and this is what annoys me. And it, I'll I'll draw in the World Baseball Classic, which is happening right now. Is the commentators are talking about. Oh, look at Trout and Otani. Like, if they, oh, if that team got some pitching, you're like, okay, they had the fifth-best ERA last year. They have three, and Pat, Patrick Sandoval, who pitches for Team Mexico, was amazing. The other night, they're like, they got Otani, Patrick Sandoval, Reed Detmers, and uh, Anderson just came over from the dot. Like, they have legit pitching. And it just shows that people don't pay attention. Similarly, uh, the knock against the Chicago Bears over the next couple of weeks until the draft is over, We're like, oh, if they get if they get offensive linemen, and it's like, yeah, I think Ryan Poles knows this. I I don't know. I'm gonna go out on a limb, Carmen. I'm gonna say that Ryan, (laughs) former offensive
1: lineman GM, who's been part of multiple successful programs as an executive already, would maybe know that the offensive offensive line play is crucial. Maybe that's a shocking revelation, Adam. I know. Listen, I know that really going out on a limb. (laughs) That John
0: Boy three eighteen on Yahoo has figured out the secret to to helping the bears. Uh, I think Ryan Poles is on the case. You know, it's, it's funny to me. I said this in the open before we brought you on. And I I'm curious if you agree with this. And I think we've mentioned it before, but it feels like Ryan Poles is not going to be that kind of GM that invests super heavily in the offensive line in free agency, because he would rather build it through the draft. And it just feels like that is the approach the bears are going to take.
1: Think about the great offensive lines that in in league history. Right. Yeah. Look at the Dallas Cowboys of, you know, I guess now 15, 20 years ago. Good God. I'm old. But they got known. They were known for having this absolute brick wall. Where did that brick wall come from? It was built. Brick by brick by brick. And I that's the shout out to one of the CHTO guys. The All little great yeah. Rex. He's got it. You but, can shout him out. They're the, fine. I, I would I mean, I, I haven't gone back and looked at this, but just kind of off the top of my head, I would venture to say that most of the offense, even with the Bucks, when I was with the Bucks, yeah. Super yeah. Bowl season, you got Ryan Jensen, he was Yes, he was a free agent, but he had been with the team for a couple of years. They picked him up. He didn't get to the second contract with the Baltimore Ravens. They, they picked him up and free it to the Bucs. But they got Ali Marpet. You got Donovan Smith. You got Tristan Wirfs. And then you have, like, right guard Alex Kappa. All draft guys. All yeah. drafted. All homegrown. So I would venture to say that every really notoriously good offensive line that was good for years – was built through the draft. And I have to imagine that that's what Ryan Poles wants to do. Because, yeah, he's a former offensive lineman. He knows what works. If I trust him to figure out any position, I do trust him to figure out any position. But most and especially offensive line. So I would just – i that's where I it, – it, yes, it might take a little bit longer. But this is just keeping my dream alive of the Bears taking Peter Skaronsky with their first pick.
0: Okay, we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. But it is, um, yeah, I mean, like he's obviously going to be addressing it through the thing. And when you talk about the Dallas Cowboys, you know, I actually was going all the way back to Larry Allen because I'm old. But when they took Zach Martin, a lot of people might or might not remember this, but it was the same draft that Johnny Manziel was draft. I think I'm remembering this correctly. If not, my narrative's terrible. But was the Zach Cowboys- Martin
1: and Johnny Manziel the same draft?
0: I think it was. Yes. It was. It okay. Was. Confirmation. Thank you. So, but that was a thing. I remember being in Radio City Music Hall, and the Cowboys were on the clock, yep. and Johnny Manziel had not been picked yet, and that place yep. was going bonkers, yep. like going absolutely just eight feces, just out of control, just <laughs> anticipating Johnny Manziel was going to be drafted. That was by the line grosser
1: than if you would have just said the word.
0: I a lot more, a offe- lot less offensive. <laughs> Do you find the S word? Listen. You find the S word less offensive than the actual species? Yes, I do. <laughs> that's
1: exactly species
0: is saying. a lot. It's grosser. Okay, that's fine. It's more gross. Whatever. <laughs> going like, Let me <laughs> tell you something. Let me tell you something. Here's my here's my thing. So in any event, the uh, the Radio City Radio City Music Hall going ape shit because yeah, it does sound better. Uh, <laughs> was you. going because they thought Manziel was going to be drafted. They draft Zach Martin. There was and, booze. What booze? They booed him. Yeah, they thought that was a terrible pick. Like people were unhinged. Like, oh, this. I wish I would. I don't. I guess I don't know if Twitter was around back then. If not, it was in its infancy, not like it is today.
1: Yeah, it was. Like but yeah. people
0: would have been just so dismissive of that. But it ended up being such a great pick. And Zach Martin, of course, was great for the Dallas Cowboys. And I really do believe that this is the best way to go about the offensive line and building the offensive line now. You talk about Skoransky. I will say that there's starting to be some pushback.
1: Northwestern because,
0: here, right? I know. I, I like him.
1: I've got, like I know. This, I mean, is is, is in my background. You do. To, you
0: do. I almost, uh, I almost got you a sweater vest off Poshmark. I saw a woman's Northwestern sweater vest.
1: Yes, please.
0: And it was gone. No, it, I was, it was, I was, <laughs> I was I'm like, no, I'm like, who would buy this? Like, No disrespect. Like who would? <laughs> Thank you. Maybe I don't know, um, but I'm sitting there, but I'm looking Ooh. at the guy. So, so today, let's talk about this. So today, Mel Kuiper Jr. and my guy Daniel Jeremiah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, D- DJ did not return my my text message. By the way, I don't know that I have. I know he has two phones. It's always difficult. Like which one is which one does DJ answer the most? One of them which I went one do the you one have? do you have
1: his work one? Do you have do you have, I have both the, one of
0: them. For the plug or the one for the load? Oh, listen, I know I know where he's from. So I know the area code of where he lives, because he doesn't live in I mean he lives in the greater nah, it's not even the greater Los Angeles area because it would be considered the greater San Diego area. But I know the area code because it was the area code, it was my area code growing up. And so I have that one, I have the other one, and I'm like, which is the one I, I reached out to most recently? And so I went, I should have gone to the one. and been like, let me find the one where we were talking about the Padres because that's got to be the one that he would be most apt. But like his like we get the same schedule. Like this is DJ's time to shine. Like he doesn't, oh my have, gosh. He doesn't have time for us. He He's likes the me, into band man. but he, uh, he doesn't have time for us. He did like my tweet because I said, listen, I saw his mock draft come out. Both him and Mel Kuyper Jr. Had the Chicago Bears staying at number nine. Uh, DJ doesn't work in a lot of trades. Mel Kuyper Jr. has four quarterbacks going in the top five. Yeah, uh, DJ has Will DJ Levis. Doesn't drop- <laughs> I read? No. I like he's oh, got him God. dropping all the way down to nineteen. With it, Will the Levis way was going, yeah. Will
1: Levis was getting was going to
0: <laughs> was the Buccaneers at nineteen. Yeah.
1: It's like wow. And
0: okay. so here's my question: First of all, if the Bears are sitting at number nine, do you think they would address the offense? Would they just pick whether it's Skaronski or uh, PJJ Paris, uh, would they go in that direction or do you believe that they would trade down and get more assets?
1: Uh, it would have to be, I think the right situation. And I don't think they would trade down terribly further, terrible, like much further. Um, I also, this is my hangup and it goes against obviously my wishes that they draft Peter Skaronsky, but if you hearken back again to the Bucks offensive line, right? All those guys in the draft, none of them other than Tristan works were first round picks. That's like Ali Marpet third round, I believe.
0: A lot of second Donovan and third Smith, round guys.
1: Yeah, second or Donovan Smith and Ali Marpet were both second or third round. Alex Kappa, I believe, was fourth round. Yeah. Uh Ryan Jensen was originally a fourth round pick. Um, so I think that Poles trusts his evaluation. And knows also that with the right coaching and put in the right situation, you don't need to grab one of these guys in. Now, they could be blown away with Peter Skoronsky like I am. And they could be in love with right. him and just the story of keeping him, you know, the local Northwestern kid, you know, in Chicago. They could be in love with that. But they don't need to be. So it comes down to value. They've proved that already time and time again. If there is a guy that falls or drops to nine, regardless of if he's on either one of the lines, I think you take him. Yeah. Uh, That being said, yeah, it's it's tough to call right now. I don't. I my gut tells me though that Ryan Poles knows that he can evaluate this position better than any other. Therefore, he can afford to address it later in the draft, which isn't even a bad thing because you can get some incredible players solid foundational guys that are going to be with your franchise for a decade or longer uh or see significant second contracts with another team if the, if you can't hold on to them in the later rounds of the draft on day 2 especially
0: 100%. What a, okay going off of DJ's model where Will Levis falls <laughs> I can't imagine if Will Levis is still there at 9. I got to imagine somebody somebody's trading up. And that somebody could be the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. are at 11 or 12 not a not a not a huge drop but would still put them in let's say that the packers because dj has the packers taking paris johnson jr at 15 so the bears could conceivably drop to 11 or 12 still get pjj if that's who they desire maybe even skaronsky and then pick up some capital i think that that to me that seems automatic if if one of the quarterbacks somehow falls to nine, that the bears are trading out of that to a team like the Titans.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I think that that's one of those, yes, perfect scenarios or perfect storms of a scenario where, and you wouldn't even necessarily drop down that far. Yeah. Um, you know, if it yeah, if it's the Titans, good God, you're only going down two spots. So I, I, there's just so many possibilities. Like it, it's interesting because we talked about there being so many possibilities with the Bears having the first overall pick. But in hindsight, now there weren't mm. as many like possibilities as we necessarily thought. They were like, no, they're gonna trade down, and it's probably not without a top. But now literally everything is on the table. And yeah. I just think it's gonna come down to value again. If for all the Ryan Pulse press conferences I've been to and listened to. The recurring theme there is we are going to get the best value to build the best football team, kind of regardless of need. And I like that approach. I've seen that approach before as well, and I think it works really well when you're trying to build a team through the draft, and you are treating this like a multi-year process. So I do think that there is going to be an emphasis on the offensive line because that's the final puzzle piece in order for you to be able to get that evaluation on Justin Fields that you need to get this year. Mm -hmm. But, again, I just don't think that they are going to be in any hurry to take one with their first pick when they a have a ton of draft capital as it is B have the option to trade out of, you know, in some sort of scenario like that, or take a player that ends up falling. But I agree with you. Like if Will Levis drops out down to like, if he's still on the board with the bears or Anthony Richardson, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, then I would have to imagine there are going to be teams clamoring to come up. And why wouldn't you take that?
0: Why wouldn't you go out there and do it? I think the one name that is interesting to me, we brought this up on the show a couple of weeks ago, and now I saw somebody put it on Twitter. Uh, They were talking about Christian Gonzalez, the cornerback, because I thought too, when free agency was starting, I even warned everybody, go, we're going to do something. We're going to do something unexpected. Maybe even going after somebody like Jamel Dean, who ended up re-signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Mm -hmm. But I really do believe that Ryan Poles puts an extra emphasis, as much as we talk about him, loving the offensive line he's really going to look at that secondary they really do want to fortify that secondary and i think if somebody like christian gonzalez was there at nine, i think that's an automatic pick they run to the podium with that and a lot of people will be scratching their heads and you know i don't know does mike mayock still do it daniel jeremiah will be on the desk being like oh i can't believe the bears didn't go offensive lineman here but it's like you know what having that secondary fortified and also giving you a little bit i mean like High leverage picks across the board. What do you think of Christian Gonzalez? Have you been studying him? I kind of, yeah, the more and more I've watched him, the more and more I'm like, yeah, I could actually get down with this. If this is the guy that we end up going with.
1: Uh, I've actually, so I've it's 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 a pretty good corner class, and I have actually been turned more onto Devin Witherspoon, Ooh. which is another okay. really fun story given that he's in Illini. Um, and I think that he could p- very potentially be the first corner off the board. The more I watch him, the more I see it. I'm like, oh, I, this transition, I think, is going to be easier. Like, again, you're going to get a little overlooked given the fact that you went to University of Illinois, yeah. uh, but that doesn't take away from your game, especially at a position that is so individualistic as corner. Uh, yeah. I really like him. He's he, I, I, I like him a lot. So I think – he would be my first, maybe. I'm okay. above Christian Gonzalez, to be honest.
0: I'm not I'm not arguing. I haven't watched enough of them, so I'm going to go back. Now that once the show is over, I will go back and, and study a little bit more and see what we, we got there. But I'm, I'm thinking position-wise, Gonzalez was one of the first guys I was looking at. But I could see something like that. If yeah. it's a cornerback, if somebody like that they really like, what do you think about Jalen Carter? Like, if he gets tonsled down to number nine, I don't know that he gets past – I don't know, let's say – like – Cause that to me seems like such a pick the lions could make where you have, like you had, like you said, like, this is a team that's going all in like they're, they're acting like they're going to win the division. And right now, I don't know how you would, I don't know how you would argue that they're not the prohibitive favorite to be the, to win the NFC North. They really are. I mean, the yeah. way that they finished last year, if this, I even made a joke, like during, uh, during the, uh, the game against the Packers, I'm like, I wish the committee would just vote in the lions over the Vikings. Yes. We don't need to see the Vikings. We know that the Vikings are going to go out and lose. Like we don't even need to see it. We know that's going to happen. So let's have the lions there. Cause they're fun. You have this extra pick from the Rams. If you know, Dan Campbell strikes me as the kind of guy that I feel is confident in his own abilities to get the most out of Carter. And he's going to be like, I don't care. Like, because at some point, you got to be like, I understand that his pro day was terrible, but we also have all this film of him dominating on a football field, which should right. be more important to a lot of them. And if Dan Campbell is confident enough in his own abilities, I don't think he gets past number six.
1: I, want, I just had this conversation today with a coach uh, in the NFC North, and I was asking about Jalen Carter. And we were talking, I want to get it right. like I want to make sure I remember exactly how we talked about it. Oh yeah, I was told the workout is what it is, but it doesn't sound like most of these guys are taking that incredibly seriously because you cut on the tape like you just said and dude is elite. That is a direct quote. So, he his stock may fall. I don't think it falls by much. I don't even know if he even gets to the Lions. Essex, yeah. quite honestly. Like, you know, you got what Seattle sitting right before them? Yeah. I think that's what pe- Yeah, that's what that's what DJ had. Like. Yeah. Oh, DJ had them trading up. That's right, the Seahawks. Yeah, that's, that's a pick number five Pete Carroll.
0: Player. Pete Carroll's also one of those guys, and this this isn't yeah. a knock, and I'm not I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. And I, but I know from having worked with Pete Carroll a little bit. I don't know Dan Campbell at all, but they all they just really just truly believe that they have yeah. the culture to make players like this successful. And there yes. are guys in that Seattle it's program really throughout the years. Uh, Mar, you know, Marshawn Lynch, not that these guys are problems and I'm not trying to say that him or Bennett or any of these guys are problems, but to the outside world, to your, to your aunt in Naperville looks at these young men like, Oh my gosh, I couldn't, I don't want him on my, you know, like those kind of people. I, but they find a way to understand them and get the most out of these players. Yeah. And they go on to be very successful. Right. And so no, I, I,
1: I, 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 I totally agree. And I, you know, he wouldn't be the first player that Dan Campbell or that staff have given a second chance to. Yeah. And so that, and the thing is too, everything was smoothed over very kind of neatly over the last week or so. I, when his agent, yeah. I forget when his agent came out with a statement um, about how he didn't flee the scene. In fact, he was fully cooperative, was yeah. not charged with anything, did not have alcohol in his system. Or wasn't, you know, wasn't, shouldn't have been charged with playing the scene, rather. Wow. Uh, he did. He got community service, no jail time. So by the time, you know, in a month and some change, when this draft rolls around, that seems to be the extent of what is hap- What is going to come out of this re- very tragic, I still don't want to minimize that, very tragic yeah. situation. But there was no evidence that he was drag racing, there's all of these, There, all that everything was smoothed over. So my point in saying all of that is there are, that's not going to follow him for very yeah. long. Should it's not. If the league teams. You know, if he, again, he's that good. And he is that good. There will be teams that take a chance on him knowing full well, it's probably not much of a chance because if he does go into a situation that fosters the character development, like Dan Campbell staff does with coaching with coaches that relate to these guys Dan Campbell has a ton of former players former NFL players on his staff not just you know you know whatever in college and in high school whatever he has a lot of former players that can relate to these guys and that comes through tremendously in that building and that is why those players are they have the mentality and they have the attitude of that week 18 game when they have nothing to play for they're just going to play for each other and they're going to play together and they're going to play for spite and I just I I I keep going back to that because that just told me everything I needed to know about the Lions, Uh, and I wrote actually today about how they are contenders and they are no. It it was a short-lived sentiment of the fact that they were a dark horse to win the NFC North because they're not a dark horse. No, they're like after free after the first week of free agency they're coming, and this they are the team that every other team in the North is going to have to contend with.
0: But it also should be pointed out that the team that they beat was the Packers a team that had routinely beat the feces out of them time and time again. And they had to go out there and, that. That and, get, me and get, and <laughs> now get now that I know why, why would you do that? Why would you tell me that?
1: Because I can't ask, help it. I know Ask anybody
0: that I work with Cynthia Freeland will always, she, she was sitting there the other day. Like, why do I tell you that this word annoys me? Cause it's the only word you're going to say. And I go, yeah, I know that's what I do. This is this. I'm like the, the older brother that you wish you never had. And I am that guy. And I, I really, that's what I do. Um, by the way, we don't have any, we haven't taken a question. I, I apologize yes, for that. But before question. we do, but before we do, I want to ah, let everybody know, I want to let everybody read. know that we Underdog Fantasy Underdog Fantasy, is the best way to play fantasy sports. And it is so easy to get started. Uh, it Just go to underdogfantasy.com or download the app, sign up with the promo code SICK, and underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. And if you think there's like a, there's a fantasy right now, let me tell you something. March Madness is off the hook. By the way, if you want to know why everybody was cheering at the end of the TCU game when some guy hit a, hit a three-pointer that seemingly meant nothing and the crowd in Colorado erupts like he just hit a, a game winner, uh, it's because people are playing fantasy sports on underdog fantasy. Might be winning a contest or two. Uh, there's match play. The match play golf tournament is this weekend. I don't know how match play works, but you know what? Go just put your money onto Scotty Scheffler and you'll be fine. So go do all that stuff at our friends at, at Underdog Fantasy. Uh, and again, use the promo code SICK. Your de- your deposit gets doubled up to $100. All right, how about a question, Sammy? Oh my gosh. Ron, sorry to keep you waiting. Do we like what the Bears did in free agency? Again, I'm going to go back to this. I do. If you If you factor in the DJ Moore thing is part of it. It's part of free agency. And they they just the common approach that they took. Like immediately, right off the bat, they addressed their linebacking situation. Uh, they brought in Edwards and Edmonds, settled down. I think Edmonds is a good good player. Like I, you know, I was shocked when people were just kind of like, Oh, he's not like, oh, he's not good anymore. When he was in when he was in Buffalo, uh, that guy's feces didn't stink, you know. But now, all of a sudden, he hits free agent. Oh, it's the last time, come.
1: What you
0: All right. All right.
1: <laughs> Look what I just did. I'm so. Uh...
0: Why did I? Why did you not warn me? I will. Uh. I love those two signings. I think Edmonds is yeah, a you. tremendous player. And I, so. Uh, yeah. He hasn't
1: it. had a season where he has had less than <laughs> triple-digit tackles since he's been in the league, and he's young. He's young. He's been what four years? Yeah. Four, years? four seasons. And he, yes, and he has had. At least a hundred tackles every single season. So uh, who's saying that he's not good?
0: Well, you know, not only that, but people are like, "Well, why didn't you just keep Roquan Smith?" And I'm like, because they got an additional linebacker and a second round pick. Like, it seems pretty obvious yeah. uh, what, what we're doing here. Like, yeah. so you can give one guy a hundred mil for less money or, for less two money. guys, two guys, and a, and, a, and a second round draft pick, and uh, you ended up with Chase Claypool. I'll throw I want
1: to I want to give a lot of love to TJ Edwards too because yes. he was a defensive signal caller for one of the be- for the best defense in the league last year. Yeah. So, he is the leader on that team. He is call relaying the calls on the field. He's directing traffic from that middle level for a defense that was elite so that doesn't happen and he's such a good story too and he's a local guy and i'm like i really want to just keep giving love i want to love on on tj edwards because i think that that was a very underrated pickup because he didn't have he didn't have the splash factor with the contract but i think it was a steal i think it's going to prove to be a steal for sure 100 my shot now
0: there was a there was a lot of articles and there was a lot of hype going into the super bowl the playoffs the super bowl about TJ Edwards, like, oh, you know, like when they're trying to find stories and they're like, oh, this guy has been playing, you know, a, he's a guy that kind of goes under the radar, but does such a great job for them. And then he comes to Chicago and they're like, yeah, oh, he isn't that good. You're like, okay, like a couple of, couple of weeks ago at the Super Bowl, you couldn't say enough nice things about him. And now the bear is somehow overpaid. But I love all those moves. I like Nate Davis. I really, I, again, I can't wait to see what the plan is with everybody, which by the way, Uh, Because we know that Tevin Jenkins played right guard and excelled. Nate Davis played right guard. Tevin Jenkins starting to get active on Bears Twitter again uh, today. Talking about cereal and things like that, but it's good to see Tevin out there because he used to interact with the fans all the time. So it's great to see him back out there interacting with people. I'm so curious to see what the plan is going to be with all these guys. And of course, all will be revealed at some point. Uh, But it's great. By the way, speaking of uh, Bears Twitter, are you in that, there, some kid did a March Madness pool of Bears Twitter. Mm-hmm. I know for I wasn't on it.
1: I don't remember. Were you on that? I no. I didn't get. I didn't get an invite. Like what is Thanks, happening? Bear. I know I'm kind of new here. Although I'm also old, but I'm new. I'm like, why are we?
0: Like, why wouldn't we? And I know they're like, well, you're a national. meet. or what, what? But I
1: like as far as like, I get, I get Twitter, dinged for that a lot being national. I'm like, but I'm here.
0: I don't know. There's a the guy from the athletic. I don't even think they have the guy from the athletic.
1: John's who,
0: or Brisbane? Uh, uh, Brisbane. Johns was in there. Yeah, he was for sure. But Brisbane wasn't. I'm like, ah, oh, there's some names missing. But then again, it's also an, a good opportunity because our friend Ill Will is in the bracket. So if you see this, I should mm-hmm. I should know better. But Ill Will's in there. Oh, EJ might not be in there. It's very curious. I, I don't know how they came out of there, but it's fun. Uh, but it's just something fun to do when uh, we're waiting for the games uh, to come back around. All right, Sammy, how about another question? So, would you rather have one... Top ten pick or three top seventy five picks. You know what i I love this philosophical question. If I'm the Philadelphia Eagles, who are just coming off a Super Bowl appearance, and I know that they've lost a lot of players uh, to free agency, but I think the closer you are to the playoffs, I think for the line, no, because no, I think the closer you are to the Super Bowl, you want that top ten impact player. I think for a team like the Bears that is trying to plug as many holes as possible. I think three in the top 75 works for me. What is your, what do you think, Carmen?
1: I mean, they already have, I'm, I'm, I'm going to look at it, up and make sure I'm, I'm right about this. But they already have, what, four, four picks in the top 65?
0: Yeah. Already, and then it, as it stands. And then you go, and so, and like, you, you really, the... my,
1: my point is, do you need, like at the, at what point is it? Are you are you too are you gluttonous? At one point is it too much? Is it maybe you do want that impact player because you're not suffering for picks later, or you're not you're not without picks later. You still have three picks in the top sixty five, or three more picks in the top sixty five, while also picking in the top ten. I mean, there's a reason for as much as I say people get caught up in the first round and all that other stuff. There is a reason that top ten picks are so highly coveted. And it's because you can get an immediate player. And I do think that, and this is just me talking through it, if you are going to add that last piece of the puzzle so you can get the evaluation on Justin Fields, you do need somebody else on that offensive line that can come in and contribute immediately. That is hard to do without giving them more time if you get a guy outside of the first round, which is another reason I'm rationalizing myself, you know, for myself, Peter Skaronsky coming to theirs. Right. But there's value in that when you do have a crucial piece that you need in order, like right now, they have a sense of urgency to fix that line immediately. So you can really understand what you have in Justin Fields. And if you need to, if he really is your franchise quarterback or you're going to move on from him in 2024 with a better quarterback class. That has to happen. That is time sensitive. So, I in this case, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm saying I want that top ten pick rather mm-hmm. than getting three additional top seventy five picks because you already have three more picks within the top seventy five. Oh, okay. I
0: I misunderstood it that way because I was thinking like one or the other.
1: The Bears so. already have it, so we can't. Like, yeah, yeah. So we
0: have both. We already have both. You're so both. Like, you yeah, have both. Have
1: both. So yeah, like. It just becomes too gluttonous, I think, for me. And you get too greedy if you're trying to get seven picks, within or six picks, I guess, within the top seventy-five. Like no one needs six picks in the top seventy-five. You just I'm I'm down
0: (laughs) with an additional move as long as it doesn't move us past Green Bay, as long as we're still above Green, as long as we don't go further than fourteen because the Packers in the tackle market
1: too. So yeah, I get it. That's
0: the reason why. So. I know like a lot of our friends like bear down Kaz, who I don't know if he was in that tournament either, but anyways, he, he was, he loves cause he's an Ohio state guy. So he loves Paris Johnson jr. And, he, and every, it's funny listening because you want Skoronsky, he wants PJJ. And like, I don't think there's, there's, any wrong answer. The only thing that you keep hearing about Skronsky is his arm length, arm length, which is, but which is a which is a big deal to Ryan Poles cause he likes his tackles to have long arms. Like, look at, look at Braxton Jones. So he's got he's got a type. I'm just saying. I
1: mean, I, yeah, I but know. I also don't think that he's gonna let something like that when you look at the you think thank you, and that's the homework because okay, well no, Foundation. he's the real deal. He is, yeah. I'm probably I'm doing him a disservice by riding so hard for him just because I went to Northwestern. There right. are there's legitimate reasons to ride very hard for Peter Skaronsky. He is right, he will make that transition. Very easy, very seamless, and he will do it instantly. Uh, which is it, it's that's one of those intangibles that you know make it worth getting a guy in the first round. Look at yeah. Rashawn Slater, that's all you need to do. Just look at It is, it,
0: it's a legitimate pick. It's not like if she was a, uh, or if we were like Kentucky grads being like, Will Levis is going to be the best quarterback in this draft. That comes off as homerish. ish. Skronsky is a, is Ben regarded. As a top 10 pick for the last two years, like everybody has been talking about this. It's a it, it, it reminds me a lot of uh Quentin Nelson when he was coming yeah. out of Notre Dame, which again was like not a sexy pick. And he went sick, like what did the Colts draft him six overall? It was just in front of us. It, yeah. That was that the year that we got Roquan? Yeah. It was Roquan, that wasn't yeah, Leonard Floyd's that was, year. There was
1: no, Roquan. it was, I don't know if it was Roquan's year because I, I feel like it happened before Roquan.
0: Okay, I could so be then wrong, It, it, it was, might have been the year.
1: The
0: we either got, it was like, but then that's, that's the, that's the thing too, about being in the top 10 is that it doesn't always work out for us. think about Leonard Floyd, Mitch Trubisky, Kevin White, but Roquan, uh, I hope that Ryan Poles is more of the, like that variety of guys. So like, I hope that it, it works out that way, but yeah, he's I, value, we're not, he's a
1: value guy through and through. So that's what
0: we're not over hype again. Who is the guy from Northwestern who Mel Kuyper had in the top 15 now? Oh, my Oh, God. was
1: it the D-line man? Yes. Uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, I I, that a, so unprofessional. I, I can't thing. pronounce his name. It's double A. I call him double A.
0: There it is. Yeah, that's more. That would come off as Homer. I don't think I like. saw gotta, that, though.
1: I, yeah, I didn't, oh, I didn't see Kevin's he. draft. So Kuiper did learn.
0: that. I don't want to give Kuiper too much. I felt bad because I responded to Kuiper's tweet. And I'm like, oh, DJ just put out his. Because like, like 10 minutes later, DJs came out. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have responded to to Kuypers. but it was out there it was a graphic I'm like whatever I mean I'm all I all for the,
1: the, the that's that's the homer in me is <laughs> going I'm all for the wild guys.
0: you're like I like <laughs> DJ's yeah. pick better cuz it's Skronsky. uh but in any event by the way I know that you have a you you've got to leave so uh what
1: I got one more question in me one more,
0: one more question more. Sammy what do we got what do we got uh do you see more three step drops by QB1 with Green Bay quicks with Green Bay clicks quick slants, uh Laz. Thanks for the question. Yeah, what do we think? Because you know what? Last year, Justin Fields, that was something that they wanted to work on him, yeah. uh, work with him on, was getting rid of the ball quicker. And then people got upset that he wasn't, you know, vintage Aaron Rodgers after one training camp. I think it's a work in progress, and I think it's something they would like to see more of this season.
1: Yeah. Are they talking about Green Bears? Are they talking about the Bears?
0: No, I think he's talking about the Bears running more of like the slants. like more Green
1: the, the, the quick slants. and stuff. I mean, that is a way to mitigate any sort of, you know, the offensive line not having to hold the ball, you know, a lot longer. It also makes you – as long as you have those weapons to dump the ball off to, I think they would rather him do that than take off running and have another 1,000-yard rushing season. I will say that. So whether that's three-step drops, whether that's utilizing play action more, or whether that's, you know – quick slants, all that other stuff. I could see it happen that way. I mean, we already have seen that they're kind of doing this running back by committee thing. Um, but I think they would rather Justin try and get rid of the ball quicker through the air than just, you know, take off. And that also helps your offensive line. If you're getting rid of the ball quicker in pass protection.
0: Now, and that's one of the things you hope about DJ Moore. although his average depth of target was pretty good last yeah, year for the it, Carolina. It was pretty nice. Yeah. But it's something that you know some people have speculated they could they could shorten that up a little bit and get him some more mid-range, mid range mid mid range throws in his direction and he could get he could see more yak this year than he saw. In I Pittman mean, I would love season. to
1: see that out of Chase Claypool though too. You know, Absolutely. he's a big guy, so if anybody's gonna break a tackle, it's gonna be him. And then you also think about the red zone threat that that Chase Claypool could be for as big as he is. And, and, and doing things that way. So I would love to see that more out of chase Claypool than anything. I think they're going to have DJ Moore kind of all over the field um, doing a bunch of different things. And with him and complimenting Darnell Mooney, Darnell's a speedster. I would like to see him just take off.
0: Yeah. And let Justin Fields, I mean, he proved already. He's one of the best deep ball throwers in the NFL statistically proven out there for you. So he can go out and do that stuff. So I hope to see it. And we hope to see you next week, Carmen. I know you got to run right now. I think we'll stick around. The party's going to keep going. Uh, no. We saw some guests who, uh, you know, they want to hang out still. So, uh, um, what else? I'm what else total you got going fromo. on? Total
1: total no, fromo. it's okay. It's okay. Uh, it's okay. I very stuff on the NFC North. Like I said, I wrote something about the Lions today. Uh, on Fox, it's up on foxsports.com already. Tomorrow, I'm going to dive into just exactly what the holdup is in Green Bay, along with our, our AFC East writer, um, who's going to, we're going to kind of go back and forth as to where each team stands and why, in my opinion, Green Bay doesn't really have any sort of incentive to rush this process right now. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I just, I did another mock draft that came out last week with David Hellman. So you can check Ooh. that out as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. sorry. We, we didn't dropped bring that over. like
1: right during the Rogers thing because nothing. Oh
0: all. man. All right. Well, yeah. we'll bring that up next week. We'll go check it out. Uh, that's everybody's homework assignment, but thank you so much for being here. Uh, as always, always a pleasure to talk to you and uh, we'll see you next week. All right. Sounds good. Bye guys. Bye. There she goes. The great Carmen Vitale. Make sure you're checking her out on FoxSports.com. And uh, why don't we get, do we have another question though, Sammy? I want to make sure. We're not leaving anybody out. I want to thank everybody who's with us here tonight. If JSN, Johnson, Skronsky, or Wilson is at nine, who do you take? You know what's funny, Knox, is I've said that I'm trying to separate how I personally feel from what is probably going to happen. So I said this today. If the Bears are sitting there at number nine, and let's say Christian Gonzalez is gone, Jalen Carter is gone, and there's not really – you know, you have the two tackles there. I really do believe that Ryan Poles is so confident in his ability that he's going to try to get more value out of what he has with the number nine pick. Especially once again, if they if a quarterback, one of the quarterbacks falls, if Richardson or if Levis falls, it's almost a no brainer. It's almost a fade to complete. I think it's a huge drop to move down to number nineteen with a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Doable? I mean, it would be similar to the drop that the Giants took when they dropped from 11 to 20 when we moved up for Justin Fields, which would mean we're probably ending up with the first another first round pick next season, even though it doesn't help us too much this year. But again, it's additional draft capital and you have to look at the the draft similar this is this is a, a two year thing. you know, it's not necessarily a win right now draft for this season. That Ryan polls, even though you're trying to get an evaluation on Justin Fields, it's not like you're going to leave him hanging out the dry, but understand, like, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna become a Super Bowl contender this year, but making the right picks this season, combined with getting more resources the following year, then you're starting to look at something like Philadelphia did this year, or you know, one of those teams that's made the leap in recent memory. Personally, I still believe, again, because I I have faith in Ryan Poles going out there and finding us a right tackle with one of those second or third rounders, finding us a center of the future. Because I think that Cody Whitehair, or Ryan Jensen could come in and play center this year. I think Jackson Smith and Jigba might be the way to go. And he might fall that if you do slide a little bit, if you do fall down to number 11 or the commanders move up or somebody moves up that you know what he might just end up being there for you and I don't mind taking a wide receiver even though you traded for DJ Moore having another wide receiver in the mix especially you know if something happens where Darnell Mooney doesn't continue to accelerate like we thought he was going to where Chase Claypool just doesn't work out I'm still a big believer in Chase Claypool but these teams also have to have contingency plans you know it's like when when Triple H was the head of evolution, and they lost to the Shield. Well, he ensured that Seth Rollins was going to turn on his Shield mates because you always have to have a Plan B. So I think that's something that could very well be, you know, in in the mind of Ryan Bulls. Okay, how about a, how about one more question? Uh, I know a lot of you. Thanks for uh, hanging out during the World Baseball Classic. Bold, carrying over twenty to thirty million this year's cap for a great way of young. You know what? That's that's also another thing too. Thank you for bringing that up. There is a minimum. There is a threshold that the Chicago bears have to reach as far as the NFL PA. You have to spend a certain amount of your money. Uh, because otherwise these teams, and you know who the owners are, would go out there and, and field a team of 53 rookies and save that money. 53 guys playing for the NFL minimum. If you didn't, if you didn't work in a salary floor. Oh, you know, teams, and I think even now teams find a way to get around this because you're like, how do some teams and Jason Lock and Fora touched on this a couple of weeks ago. How do some teams find a way to bring everybody in? And then there's other teams that are like, we can't afford anybody. Like what? There's some sort of like funny business, the accounting, like, listen, I don't know. I've seen enough mob movies. I watched Ozark. I know there's ways to wash money. Don't tell me these teams can't find a way to keep everybody. They certainly can. But having some flexibility next year is also a big deal. Like, which is why they didn't really go out there and throw around a lot of money. You know, Orlando Brown was there and everybody was, you know, pining for Orlando Brown. We don't need him. I said my left, I said this a couple of weeks ago. My left tackle is on the field. He's already playing there. All he's got to do, I know I'm throwing this out there. All he's got to do is get stronger. That's it. Go go do the bench press, and then you're fine. You're one of the most athletic guys on the offensive line in the NFL. He's going to be good this year. He's going to have a breakout season. As a matter of fact, if I do that feature for the NFL this year, uh, Braxton Jones will be my breakout player for the Chicago Bears because Justin Fields already broke out. Braxton Jones will be the household name that everybody thinks of. Here's my thing. I did not know if my kid just ran into the door, but here's my thing. I always like to say, here's my thing. You got the left tackle. I think your guard positions are solid. You draft the right tackle. I think this team's going to be fine. You didn't need to go out there and blow all that money on Orlando Brown. Mike McGlinchey would have been a nice luxury pickup. Would have been a very serviceable right tackle given the price but unfortunately there's priced right out of the market. It's like if Jiffy Lube was charging $200 for an oil change, you're like I'm not going there. I like Jiffy Lube. It's convenient. It does the job. But I'm not paying two bills for it. That's what Mike McGlinchy did to himself. And it's fine. I think a lot of this stuff is going to be handled through the draft. So I do I do think it's a sneaky good low-key play to go out there, make sure you have some flexibility at the uh, to for the free agent ways. You don't want to get you don't want to get up against the cap one year. Like you don't want to go from like having the most cap space to having nothing the following year and have nothing to show for it. I thought that they did a very nice job. You didn't blow a lot of money on McGlinchey. I was worried that it was going to be Jacoby Myers who was going to get a lot of money for us. For, but unfortunately, probably I like Jacoby Myers. I think that was a fi- a, a fair signing. For the las vegas raiders but you know what we don't need it we got dj Moore. hopefully we got we'll, we also need flexibility because if we're going to start extending guys like dj Moore, cole commit darnell mooney jalen johnson we're going to need money for them as well so it's probably better off like this is another reason why you build a lot of this stuff through the draft is so that you can save some money for the veteran guys clearly they didn't think that David Montgomery was a player that they needed to invest in long-term and they're, you know, I don't know. Dante Foreman's a good player. So why not? That's, you know, that's the way the NFL works now. And we saw the chiefs this year, go to the super bowl with Jarek McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco. So I, I, I think, okay, there's a proven system out there. The years of, of Emmitt Smith carrying teams, the super bowl titles are over, but in any event, I want to thank everybody for being here. Like I mentioned earlier, if you're just joining the show right now, uh, where were you? We're wrapping up. We're getting ready to go. We had last call already. But Matt Harmon of the Reception Perception, of course, Yahoo Sports, he will be with us Friday. Uh, We will drop another edition of the Sick Podcast. A little shorty, but listen, we'll be talking about DJ Moore, his impact, what that could mean for, for Justin Fields. I will ask Matt if he's been scouting some of the college players as well. perhaps. You know, one of the wide receivers could be in the mix for the Chicago Bears. I do love the guy. Was it Tank Dell out of SMU? Oh, I love that player. And somebody posted a video of him the other day. And I was like, oh, he's a bear. I love him. And of course, all the Twitter GMs are like, I don't like the way he got out. Like, shut up. This has been a productive player at Big 12 school. I'm more of a, you know, I want my wide receivers from power fives. Like legitimate Power Fives, not SMU. What is it? SMU? Not some Power. Not Big Twelve. Were they AAU or something? Whatever conference, CAA. I don't know. But in any event, uh, Matt Harmon will be with us on Friday. That'll be a lot of fun. It'll be a lot of a lot of it'll be a good time. Uh, I haven't been able to talk to Matt Harmon in quite some quite a while. So uh, we'll be out here chopping it up about DJ Moore and everything that's going on with the Chicago Bears. So until that time, uh, bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.